here. Jays win it 3-1 over the Cincinnati Reds on a gorgeous day at the ballpark. There was a, a thunderstorm warning in effect earlier, and uh, maybe about what, in the fourth inning is when the roof started to crack, the flaps were cracked, and then the dome began to roll back. An absolutely gorgeous day, and I hope you are enjoying your long weekend as we uh, talk about some Blue Jays baseball today. You can give us a call, 416-870-0591, star590 on your cellular device. You can always text me as well, 590-590. And if you do choose to text, just leave your name and location uh, so I can give you a shout-out on the air. But before we get to any calls and texts, my friend and yours, Ben Ennis, who is co-host of the Fan Drive Time on the flagship station, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, right here in Toronto, joins me to help me break down this 3-1 win. Ben, how's it going, man? It's going all right, buddy. Yeah, a Blue Jays uh, victory and an assured uh, series victory on a... On a uh, May 2-4 long weekend. Doesn't get much better than that. It does not. It's always uh, it's always nice when the Blue Jays can uh, get a win in front of a large and raucous home crowd. I'll tell you, I haven't actually been here too much, Ben, when the roof is actually opened in-game. And the, the cheer from the crowd <laughs> when it went up, I got to say, is maybe the loudest I've heard Rogers Center all year. Well, uh, here's the thing about living in this country is that the majority of our lives are spent um, indoors because the weather is miserable. So any opportunity <laughs> we get to, to get outside and see the, the big glowing orb in the sky, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. Well, I appreciate you joining me here on this uh, on this long weekend. And so let's get right into it. Jays win 3-1. And let's start with Alec Manoa because I'm sure people heard Ben talk about it with Arden. I'm sure that you saw on the broadcast Alec Manoa expected to come back out for the top of the ninth inning. And, hey, hard to quibble too much with the decision when you see Jordan Romano do what he did. He was fantastic, as he was last night in his return from the GI uh, illness infection, and he's still on the antibiotics. But Alec Manoa was uh, he was perturbed, to say the least, Ben, in the, uh, in the Blue Jays' dugout. What do you, what do you make of that decision? Because I, I know you can kind of go both ways, right? You can say, hey, you can let Manoa come out for one batter, or you can let Romano come out for a clean inning. Where do you fall on that kind of thing? Yeah, I don't, I, I, it was head-scratching to me, honestly. Um, this is arguably your best pitcher. He's the, the future of your franchise from, I mean, the pitching perspective. Uh, I, you know, on my show yesterday, I said he was the second most valuable Blue Jays asset behind Vlad Jr., although Bo Bichette just had a two-homer game, so I may have to revise those standings, but Guys at 83 pitches against the worst team in Major League Baseball. I understand it's what is it's the the three four five coming up for the fourth time, but you just you just went through the top two of again the worst team in Major League Baseball's top of their lineup for a fourth time um, with relative ease. He was showing no signs of fatigue uh, because he doesn't. He never does. Because he's he's an ox and could probably throw 300 pitches. I, I so I, I guess it's just not allowed to, to finish a game. I, I get it. Jordan Romano strikes up the side in the ninth, uh, and the slider looked great today. And I, he was rushing it up. I, I thought I saw a 97 in there, but uh, I just I, I guess there, there's like a, a team edict about completing baseball games. If ever there was an opportunity to let him come back out for the ninth inning, I would have thought it was at 83 pitches against the worst team in Major League Baseball, but I guess not. See, the thing is, with uh, with Alec Manoa and the way the pitchers have been deployed this year, Ben, uh, like, for example, yesterday, Ryu went 78 pitches. It was a season high for him. 
I, could, I guess you could have seen him come back out, but I'm not going to quibble with a guy who's had injury history even before he was a Blue Jay and, you know, the forearm stuff with the, on being on the IL, just his second game back from the IL yesterday. So uh, 78 pitches, I'm not going to quibble too much. I was surprised when Gosman didn't come out. I guess it was on Wednesday against the Mariners. He was at sitting at 85 pitches. Yeah. We've seen him hit around 100. He didn't come back out. And now Manoa, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily only a Blue Jays because you see this across Major League Baseball as well. But I got to say it was surprising, given that the other thing, too, is in the t- bottom, no, the top, pardon me, the top of the eighth inning, Manoa was still hitting 96, 90, 97 miles an hour, like you were saying. He just didn't look gassed. But I don't know. I, I get it from a from a head perspective, but my <laughs> my heart says I want to see more pitchers go deeper into ball games. Well, it's not it's not even a heart versus head thing because there is a head thing at play here. Again, this is the future of the, the Blue Jays pitching staff. Alec Manoa is. Um, and it, it's early on in the season. I think the Blue Jays are going to be fine. But they have high expectations. And start of the, pr- as, as the, the pressure is starting to shift towards the manager. Um, and, and I'm sure they love him. Charlie Montoyo it does seem like a, a player's manager. But if, if ever you were going to get in the good graces of your players here and you know do something perhaps against the, the, the book – uh, although, if if you if if the book tells you no fourth time through the lineup in a in a close game, what was he doing, not lifting him in the in the eighth inning when he when he faced the the first two, in in the Reds lineup for a fourth time? I just honestly, it, it doesn't even. I, I don't know what the numbers uh, argument is. Okay, Tommy Pham, Joey Votto are, are are two of the best hitters on the worst team in all of Major League Baseball. I get that. Alec Manoa had. No problem getting through him three times in this baseball game. Of course, gives up the the double to Votto that scores the only Reds run. Yeah, I just, I I really do not get the argument against it. Other than man, Jordan Romano, um, he doesn't look at his best when he gets prolonged periods of inactivity, and you just wanted to get him back in there. I guess. I, no, I just it's it's a total head scratcher. Yeah, the Romano being coming in with a clean inning I guess is the only real thing I, I do agree with you I, I think a lot of people including Manoa himself wanted to see Manoa on the mound for the top of the ninth inning but Romano does come in close it out the Jays win three to one uh, let's briefly Ben talk about Hunter Green the uh, young flamethrower for Cincinnati who's throwing 101 mile an hour fastballs throwing hard down and away to basically every one of the major Blue Jays bats and of course Bo Bichette he was sitting on that slider the first pitch of the fourth inning he clobbers the solo home run. He does get another home run off of Sessa a little later on. But Hunter Green, I mean, there was a point in this game where I, I won't lie to you. I was a little worried, much like I was yet last night, when I think it was at some point in this game, the, the Blue Jays offense went down one, two, three on four pitches. And I mean, I know we make a lot of the Blue Jays offensive struggles this year, but that kind of stuff just can't happen when you have the quality of, I mean, no matter how hard these guys are throwing, that just can't happen when you have the quality of, of offense, the quality of batters like the Blue Jays have. Yeah, I had a back and forth with Ricky Romero about that that half inning on Twitter because, um, yeah, I, I, I viewed it the same way you did. If there was one area of uh, of Hunter Green's, um, you know, his his line score throughout the the entirety of the season that you would look at as a weakness, it might be his five point four walks per nine. Guy can can get erratic at times. Uh, he can get outside the zone, and perhaps you can elevate his pitch count. Four pitch half innings. 
do not happen all that often. I get it, Ricky. I mean, his point was, well, what are you waiting for? You, the, the pitches are only getting tougher. Uh, and, yeah, when you have to decide, you know, with two strikes on whether to swing at the 102-mile-an-hour fastball or, or the slider just off the black, like that's a lot more difficult than picking your spot early in the count. And it should be noted that both of Bo Bichette's home runs come, come on the first pitch of his at-bats. This is kind of the Blue Jays' offense. I mean, it's not kind of. It is. I mean, this is they, they live and die with first pitches. They live and die with not working counts. Um, and right now they've been dying. But, again, responsible for all three runs in in this baseball game, swinging it at the first pitch. So it's it's not going to be a team that, that grinds starters out uh, to the tune of 100 pitches in the first five innings. It just isn't. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, – for a team that is – struggling to score like the Blue Jays are at the current moment and, and dead last with runners in scoring position or, or nearing the bottom of the uh, standings when it comes to batting average with runners in scoring position. Didn't it feel like an omen uh, of positive things to come at that moment when they went down on four pitches. Uh, chatting with Ben Ennis here on Jays Talk, of course co-host of the Fan Drive Time on our flagship station Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Uh, ben, real quick, are you concerned at all about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I know, I think coming into this series, he had a WRC plus of 142, which while still down from last year when he was uh, an MVP finalist in the AL, it's it's still pretty good. Again, he he did expand his swinging rate there towards the end of the ball game a couple of times. You kind of question how much of that has to do with, you know, the zone itself being expanded and pitches that are balls being called strikes and so on and so forth. So, you know, hitters do swing at things that maybe they sh- wouldn't have otherwise sw- swung at. But still, are are you concerned about Vladdy Jr.? Or is are we still at the point where on May 21st, there's still a lot of ball left to be played, so we're going to hold off for now? Well, I mean, it depends on what you you mean by concern. Am I concerned that he's, like, going to turn into a pumpkin and, and not be one of the, the upper echelon sluggers in Major League Baseball? I'm not necessarily concerned that that's the case. I don't think that, like, last year was some crazy outlier, and at the end of his career we're going to talk about that 2021 season where he finished second in MVP voting as, as some total anomaly. I'm not concerned to that degree. But I, I will say that the guy that we're watching right now sure does look a lot like the guy that broke into the major leagues with this team who, you know, finished his first season with a, a 780 OPS. And people said, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. And, yeah, not bad, especially for your first tour of the major leagues. Um, but, yeah, the, it's, it's not near the level we expect from this guy considering the pedigree and now considering what he's actually put up on a baseball reference page for – one full season. Yeah, it's the it's the expanding the strike zone, but it's it's now it's man, how often does he just pound it into the turf on the left side of the infield in any given at bat? It's the launch angle stuff, which is I mean, he's aware of it. The Blue Jays are aware of it. He he somehow got over that last year. Uh, perhaps a phone call needs to be made to Dante Bichette. But, yeah, this guy looks a lot like the guy that we, we talked about with the high exit velocity, but everything on the ground in the first couple of years in the major leagues. I, I think he's going to figure it out. But right now, I, I've seen this act from, from Vladdy before. Um, it, it looks very familiar. 
It does. It very much does. But, uh, you know, I think we hope, again, on May 21st that, again, there's still a lot of ball left to be played and that Vladdy will turn it around, much like Bo did. Two home runs from Bo Bichette in a 3-1 win today. Ben, appreciate you uh, stopping by on a long weekend for me. Um, I really enjoyed the, the fan drive time. I was always a big fan of the of Good Show and, of course, of Brun himself. But you guys together, it's a lot of fun. So keep up the great work, and uh, hopefully you can join me again later this season. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying your work on Blue Jays Talk. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> there he goes. Ben Ennis from Sportsnet 590, the fans, the fan drive time, which, of course, you can get wherever you get your podcast. But you are listening to Blue Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Jays win it 3-1. to one. The roof just closed here at Rogers Center as the grounds crew cleans up at home plate and on the mound. They're soaking the infield right now. We're going to step aside, take a very quick break, and when we come back, we will get to all of your phone calls. I see the phone calls here from Adam, from Brendan, from Gary, so hold, stay on the line for me, guys. We will come back, and on Blue Jays Talk, get back to the phone lines next on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Tyler Naquin squares, bunts, third base side, from the mound, the Paul Manoa picks it up, fires to burst in time! He's done it with strikeouts. He's done it with great plays. And the big man wants another one. He's holding up the one finger saying, I want one more. Manoa wants the complete game. That is Ben Wagner, who, of course, had the call of today's game. Alec Manoa going eight strong innings. He did, indeed. <laughs> want the ninth inning but he did not get it although he was he was perturbed I think in that uh in that Blue Jays dugout George Springer Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Charlie Montoyo Pete Walker all going over to calm the big man down but in the end the Blue Jays do pick up the 3-1 win and the series win as they won yesterday as well they'll aim for the sweep tomorrow Yusei Kikuchi will be on the mound for the Jays. Connor Overton will go for the Cincinnati Reds. But you're listening to Jays Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for about 15 more minutes or so. Uh, before we get to our callers, a quick check of the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sportsbook. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. The Yankees did win today. I was really hoping. I, gotta, I won't lie to you guys. I was really hoping the White Sox would make the comeback. I believe it was 6-2 at one point. And the Yankees, or pardon me, the White Sox did get, I want to say it was three straight extra base hits off of Michael King. He allowed two earned runs after Nestor Cortez Jr. allowed three, but but the Yankees do get a strong closing performance from Clay Holmes, and they win seven to five. The Yankees are now twenty nine and ten on the season after having the day off yesterday. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays are twenty three and sixteen. The Jays, with the win today, are twenty two and eighteen. So just about a half, one and a half games back of the Rays. The Red Sox are 17 and 22 and the Baltimore Orioles are 16 and 24. And uh, like Arden mentioned during the broadcast, Adley Rutschman, who was baseball's number one overall prospect in the minors, is making his minor league debut later tonight. Of, Of course, the Yankees get to play the Orioles without Rutschman. And now before the Jays play even one, they have to see See you, Rutschman. Ah, what can you do? That's baseball, I suppose. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 416-870-0590. star 590 on your cellular device. You can text me as well. 590-590. Name and location. Let's go to Adam, who was at the Rogers Center today. Adam, how'd you like the game? It was fabulous. It was exactly what I, I 
bought the tickets last week as soon as I heard that Green was playing Manoa. I wanted to see the future of baseball. I got to see the future of baseball. And I even got to see the past of baseball because Joey Votto got an RBI. So it was everything you could want. Plus, I ended up sitting with a bunch of Reds fans who come up, and they love Toronto. They now are dedicated Toronto people. And we were giving it, oh, our future guy is better than your future guy. It was very funny. But I can see now that there's going to be a balanced schedule starting next year, we're going to see them since the every year as opposed to like waiting six years to see them it's true i believe the last time the reds played in toronto was 2017 adam so pretty cool to see joey Votto play in his hometown and uh, you know what? it was pretty much the best possible scenario right joey Votto got an rbi he he factored into the game today but the blue jays still won that's what i call a win that's perfect. It was perfect. And I wanted Manoa to come out and we were all, come on, come on, come on. But it didn't happen. And, you know, it's a win. And also maybe they're saving them for the next. They don't want to burn them out so that the next time when they have to play, I think they'll play the Yankees again, don't they? It's like, God, they, they seem to be playing the Yankees all the time. Anyways, um, thank you for taking my call and have a wonderful evening. Yeah, thank you, Adam. For uh, thanks for the call, and have a great long weekend as well. That's Adam, who was at the Rogers Center for today's ball game. I do agree. The game, the game is in good hands when it comes to a lot of these young stars, right? I mean, how how often have we talked about in baseball in a general sense? And I don't mean just for the Blue Jays, but how often do we talk about? Hockey, for example, not doing a great job of marketing its stars. And even baseball itself, Major League Baseball, not marketing the top young faces of the game. Well, in recent years, even if you go back just, what, two seasons, or maybe let's go back three seasons and go back to where before the uh, pandemic season, because no one wants to remember that. But uh, you look at guys like Fernando Tatis Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei Otani, I dare say I'm not, I'm not going to count Mike Trout anymore because he's been around for a while, even though he's like basically statistically he's like better than Babe Ruth or whatever the whatever the, the stat heads say. But I think baseball is in a fantastic place. And when you add in guys like Bo Bichette for the Blue Jays, Alec Manoa, I think the, uh, the Blue Jays and Major League Baseball are in a fantastic spot. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Brendan in Winnipeg, you want to chat about another Alec Manoa caller I hear? Yeah, yeah, just uh... – just watching him uh, go up there and just dominate, and, and I mean, like, what? How much more confidence can a can a manager really show when a starting pitcher than when he's on the mound, go down to the end of the dugout and just start chatting up with the uh, with with Vladdy and and just down down in the corner? I mean, like, he wasn't even looking at what Manoa was doing. His pure confidence in really his stuff is just and and and. Manoa's confidence as well are like the two things that just make him, in my mind, our best starting pitcher, even better than what Gosman has been built up to be. I mean, like you just, you look at him pulling pitches off of his spots and still getting that swing and miss from batters. Like you, you don't really get that from a lot of other guys when they miss their spots. It's usually a bad miss and he'll, he'll pull his pitches, but they'll just, too much movement on those two seamers. They just come back on the inside part of the plate or the sliders are just so breaking so far down that they just can't reach them. It's true. And you know what? Al Manoa today, I think has, since his debut at Yankee stadium, Brandon, I think a lot of people have been very impressed by what they've seen from him. But today 
even when he had a guy on third, and again, the, the play that happened, I think there was some fortune involved, right, where the bat broke, the ball went right into his glove, he doubles off the guy at third base who was off the bag, I think it was Friedel, but either way, the Blue Jays, uh, some fortune there, but the... We talk a lot about with Manoa how how unflappable he is, it feels like. And I feel like you saw it there from a different perspective with like the lumber flying at him. He still makes the play and immediately snaps the throw to third. It's it's one of his most impressive qualities when he doesn't have it going, and he did have it going today. Oh, he, 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 he didn't even get rattled in, in the fact that he had runners at first and or third and second with nobody out. He was just like, all right next batter let's go right like is just pure confidence that he he has almost no fear when he's on the mound and just to see that is that just takes him to the next level in my mind he's he's going to be really good for a long time absolutely absolutely i appreciate the call brendan that's a a great point you know you you mentioned gosman and manoa's place in this rotation and he's super young as we've talked about but it's funny right because you hear about people talking about aces quote-unquote aces and this is something we've talked about on jay's talk before and on the pregame shows and so on i've, I've talked about it with blake and, and a bunch of the, our other uh, friends here at the fan at sportsnet about what makes an ace and whether or not the designation of being an ace really even matters because when you think about it when you think about superstars in various sports right how many people can claim to be superstars how many people can actually claim to be an ace in Major League Baseball, you can, I think if we're being generous with the term, you can probably truly count ah, 12 to 13 aces, maybe. And I I think Alec Manoa is well on his way. He may not be there right now, but he is well on his way to being that guy. And heck, I mean, Gosman is probably right there. I think last time I looked at the Bet365 odds, I want to say uh, Gosman, I think it was Gosman... Alec Manoa, I know Justin Verlander was up there. Garrett Cole is pretty much always going to be up there. And maybe Nestor Cortez Jr., some other guys are up there too. But it's it's not a super long list of guys with the shortest odds, and uh, Manoa and Gosman are always going to be in that conversation. Let's go back to the phone lines, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. We have a couple more minutes here. Let's get to Gary out in Newfoundland. Gary, how's your weekend going? Oh, it's going wonderful. I really enjoyed the long weekend. I was out at a yard sale today, but I had to get back to watch must-see baseball. Alex Manoa on the diamond and uh, the Cincinnati pitcher. And this is must-see and a Hall of Famer uh, to boot, you know. And uh, the Holy Miracle, this is this is must-see today. You know, uh, two young pitchers out there today, and, they, and I'm, uh, I'll be turning 70 in June. And both these pitchers reminded two young pitchers that came up a long time ago when I was a kid, Don Drysdale and Sandy Kovacs. And these two remind me of the young pitchers, the potentials there, barring everything going well in there as it's going now, the upswing. Uh, you know, we may be watching something down the road and looking back at, let's say, Masi today, Wow, I was there at that game, and I got to see them when they first came into the majors because what's happening, you know, that eighth inning uh, when Manoa came out, flip a coin, flip a coin. Charlie could go. There was no wrong decision there. Either take him out, put Ramon in, or vice versa, 
I loved Manoa's uh, exuberance that he wanted to stay in. I'd rather see that now while, you know, uh, as one else says, here's the ball, I'm done. He's got that excitement and that, that desire to to be a ball player. <laughs> That's my take on that. <laughs> Absolutely, Gary. Hey, Gary, before I let you go, uh, which of Drysdale and Koufax is Alec Manoa? Which one are which one are you going with? Oh, jeez. Uh, same thing. <laughs> Flip a coin because okay. you can't go wrong with either one. That's you absolutely. Hey, that. if you're gonna if you're gonna compare Alec Manoa to Sandy Koufax, I think a lot of people will be absolutely pleased. Hey, Gary, thanks for the call and uh, have a great long weekend, my friend. Uh, yeah, when it comes to Alec Manoa in the uh, in the ninth inning or, or not going out for the ninth inning, I think that's a good point by Gary. Just in the sense that you want to see your best players want the ball, right? We talk about that a lot in Major League Baseball, about especially in the quote unquote in the new sense of Major League Baseball, right? We always kind of see, you know, do, are, how much are our players going out there and demanding to throw? I get the sense that Jordan Romano is one of those guys. I've gotten the sense from the beat writers I've spoken to and the other players around the clubhouse that Jimmy Garcia is one of those guys, and that's a big reason why we see the two of them pitch as much as we do. And it's not to say that other pitchers are not, but I think there are a lot of athletes, and you got to remember, these guys are insane competitors. Every single one of them, even the guys who are as jovial as Springer and Bo and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the clubhouse, I think you got to remember that all of these guys are insane competitors, and they want to be out there as much as humanly possible. Alec Manoa has, is the most demonstrative, dare I say, of all of those uh all of those players, and and again, I think it's it's great to see. In addition to all the great things he does on the mound, that he is a leader in the clubhouse as well. Right, let's get to our one more caller here, uh, Clark from Georgian Bluff. More Manoa talk here on Jay's Talk. Um, more Manoa talk, but I want to take a bit of a different uh, direction here. Sure. Um, when Alec Manoa was drafted, I heard a number of talking heads say, "Oh, I don't know about this guy. Uh, he's too big." When you're that big and you're a pitcher, um, you have a really hard time locating your pitches all the time. Repeating your delivery is really difficult. There's so much of you, etc. When I heard that, I was thinking, these guys not remember David Wells, CC Sabathia, and a number of other very large pitchers. So were they wrong, or is there something about Manoa that either the pitches he does or the nature of his delivery that allows this big-bodied man to do it. I do think, uh, I do think, Clark. When it comes to Alec Manoa, I feel like so many people viewed him as a guy who would only ever have two pitches, which is probably unfair for any prospect, right? I mean, you look at the rest of that draft. I think that was the 2019 draft. And I believe it was Adley Rutschman went in that draft, Bobby Witt Jr., Andrew Vaughn, C.J. Abrams, all guys who are probably going to be very good major leaguers for a long time to come. So, hey, I, I think uh, it's it's probably a little bit of a misstep when it comes to the way people viewed this draft because he has been, he has been absolutely phenomenal. Clark, I, I appreciate your call. Thank you for calling in. And uh, you look at... Look at the rest of that draft. Yeah, that's a, that's one of those things. I think Rutschman is going to is going to play tonight. Bobby Witt Jr. has been very very good for the for the Royals this year in his first uh, first year of major league action. Andrew Vaughn, I get I think getting called up yes last year, and he had some injury issues, but again he has played fantastically. Getting Al Manoa with the number eleven overall pick. I mean those guys were very good and they deserve to go high. But I think if you do a redraft and major league baseball drafts and prospects are always such. 
it's so hard to really figure out, right? It's so hard to really project how these guys will play. But, hey, I mean, Alec Manoa has been outstanding, and he has not been a guy who has relied on only two pitches, as we've seen so far this year. Bo Bichette, who we basically haven't talked about at all on Stock this year, has been uh, phenomenal as well. He has been so much fun to watch. Two home runs, number 50 and 51 on his career. And I talked about this in the pregame, but uh, Bo Bichette is someone who, you know, he has been – he has been good. He has been in getting better throughout the season. More hard contact, more good contact, and I think we can expect that to continue throughout this year. But that does it for the ball game today. That does it for me here on Jays Talk. Thank you for tuning in. Jays win it three to one, and thank you for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans. You say Kikuchi gets the series finale for the Jays, while Connor Overton will go for the Reds. Blair and Barker are back tomorrow. Have a wonderful. Wonderful Saturday evening of your long weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow.